0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you for supporting me in this. Uh, a lot of you know I started seminary in uh, January. So Henry was gracious enough to say, okay, sit on a stool and pretend like you're Rayburg. And no, he didn't say that. Um, so have you guys ever asked yourself, how did I get here? What am I doing here? And this can be positive or it can be negative. So let's look at some negative things. So somebody's in jail and they're just sitting there and they go, man, like, how did I get here? And they think about all the things they did and they go, well, that's how I got here. But think about somebody in your own life is struggling with stuff and they keep making bad mistake after bad mistake. They keep making bad decision after bad decision. And they finally think, how did I get here, right? We're not gonna talk about that a lot today, but I I need to set this up for you guys. Bad decisions are bad decisions. You reap what you sow, that's a universal law. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, you reap what you sow. If you sow stupidity, you're gonna reap stupidity, right? I mean, we all know this. So how did we get here? This is the two-year anniversary of COVID. If you guys are on Facebook, you've seen all kinds of, you know, two years ago, this was our last normal week or whatever. I mean, isn't this a mess? And this, all, this affected all of us. And we live in a fallen, sin-filled world. And bad things happen to good people because we live in a sin-filled, fallen world. The circumstances, right? And that's a topic for another day, but I want to set that up for you guys. What about some positive things, though? You ever sit at Christmas you look at your family <clears throat> and you see generations and you just think, man, how blessed am I? I got this family, right? Or you work really, really hard. You go to school, you study hard, you get an education, you work, you blood, sweat, and tears, you finally get that job. Or you finally open your own business and you think, man, how did I get here? Like, this is awesome. Or you're in a church. And it's growing and you're doing great things for the Lord and people are coming to Jesus and they're, and they're loving their neighbors, even if they're different. And you think, man, this is just, what blessings from God this is. This is God's favor. This is God's blessing. And this is the God that the world likes to talk about. Right? This is the, the God is love and God is kind, and God is wonderful, and he wants all the good things for me. And that's true, God God is all of that, but that's only one side of God's love. And that's the easy side, and we are gonna talk about that. Um, But what about the other side of God's love? I'm not talking about his wrath, I'm not talking about his judgment on sin, because that is gonna happen, I'm talking about when he allows pain and suffering and heartache. Now, you guys are going, wait a minute, pain and suffering and heartache is part of God's love? Yep. Sometimes, now remember what we just talked about, sometimes your pain and suffering and heartache is because you're just making bad decisions. And sometimes it's because the world is just the world. But yes, sometimes God will allow or use pain and suffering and heartache through love. So, let's talk about this. Do you trust God completely, or does it depend on what's going on in your life? Do you trust God when maybe you get that health diagnosis and there's really not a cure? Do you trust God when there's a horrible tragedy that happens with a friend? for no reason of their own? What about the death of a close loved one, death of a family member? What about the unrepentant prodigal that ain't coming home? What about that deep desire we all have for love and acceptance, and it goes unfulfilled? So I hope you get the point. I want you guys to think in your own lives about something that just flips it upside down? Do you trust God? Do you trust that he knows what he's doing? Do you trust that he's there in the middle of it and that he cares about it? What if these horrible situations are the best he has for you? That this valley experience, that this horrible thing is gonna grow you in a way that that nothing else could grow you? What if it's going to deepen your faith? It's going to deepen your walk in in, in a way you've never experienced. That this awful circumstance can be used by God to witness to people who also love Jesus, but also to be a witness to those who don't love Jesus and who don't know him and go, man, how are you walking through it this way? Laura's story, if you guys listen to K-Love at all, you've heard this song. Laura's story sings a song called Blessings. And it's a powerful song when you're going through hard times. And this is what she says. And she's talking about walking through a storm in her life, and she's singing to God. She says, All the while you hear each spoken need, yet you love me way too much to give me lesser things. What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights is what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? It's kind of hard to imagine that pain and hurt is a blessing. But if we, if we believe as Laura's story sings in that song, God loves us way too much to give us lesser things. Think about that. Sorry, my page is stuck together here. I'm not a professional yet. Um, so let's look at our biblical heroes. I, I, I love when we look at biblical heroes, right? And on K-Love last week, they had a, they had a, a question of what biblical hero would you want to be? And people said, Paul and Peter and Esther and, and Joseph and all these things, right? And I thought, and I kind of laughed to myself as I was driving. I thought, are you kidding me? Like... Do you know the pain these heroes went through? Do you know the suffering that they went through? Look at Peter. He denied Jesus three times. And in that pain and brokenness, when Jesus restored him, he became a rock of the church. Think about Paul. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was whipped, he was left for dead, he was in jail. I mean, and these people are calling into Caleb, going, I want to be Paul. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> right? But God used that. See, they all needed to be groomed for His glory. God wouldn't have it any other way. And the really cool thing is that He feels the same way about you and me today. Pruning stinks, it hurts. But that pruning and buffing and molding changes us. It changes our desires, but it doesn't feel good. So so some examples, you know, you pray for understanding. God may lead you through a trial so that you can understand it. You pray for patience. God makes you wait. You pray for love. Maybe God makes you lonely for a while. You pray for blessings, and you experience loss. See, our ideas and our plans for all those good things doesn't usually occur the way we would imagine. We want it through ease, we want it through comfort. But God has to take us through a trial. And it's not to destroy us. and it's not to be vindictive, and it's not because He's an evil dictator and we're bad children. It's because he loves us and desires the best for us. Now, we have a choice in these difficult times. And this is the hard part because we do have a choice. We can turn away from God. We can be angry at God. Pardon me here, but you say, screw you, God. This is the way we're going to be. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Right? I'm done with you. And you're going to reap what you've sown. Or you can draw close to him, you can cling to him. And isn't that good? Jesus tells us the reasons for these hard times throughout his ministry. We're gonna talk about two of them today. So I didn't forget about scripture. We don't know scripture. Uh, John 15, verse one and two. We're gonna bring John 15, verses one and two. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. This is Jesus speaking. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So Jesus tells us here, God is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. The only way we can produce fruit is to be in him. But look at verse 2. We got it up here still. Every branch in me. Jesus is talking about believers. Not talking about everybody here, he's talking about believers. He says he takes away. Now that doesn't mean, some churches believe that that means you can lose your salvation, that if you're not a good boy, if you're not a good girl, God's going to thump you over the head and rip you off the vine and throw you in the garbage. And that's totally untrue. What takes away means here in Greek, the Greek word for that is a hero. I actually did look that up and said that right. I never do in my Sunday school class, but I did. A hero. And it means to lift up or to raise. Why? Why would the vine dresser lift up a branch that's in the mud? Because he wants it to bear fruit for him. God has the same thought with us. He lovingly lifts us up out of our sin and out of our mud and out of our pigsty, right? Right? and he wipes us off and he cleans us off and puts us back on the trellis so we can get rain and sunshine and start to produce fruit. That's what he does with us. And this is the most popular way. This is what people love to think about God. He's this caring, loving father, and he won't let anything bad or uncomfortable happen. And that's true, that's the first part of God's love. And we receive that every day. We see his blessings every day in our lives. But here's the second part. This is the more difficult part of love that we talked about. A branch that's already producing fruit, the only way it can produce more fruit is to be pruned. Why? If you guys are gardeners, if you guys have spent any time you know, in the garden doing stuff, you know that every year you have to prune back your flowers or your fruit-bearing bushes or whatever. Because what happens if you don't? The next year, there's a ton of growth and the plant looks gorgeous, but it's all greenery. The plant just wants growth. Look at me. Look how big I got. Look at all these great leaves I have, and there's no fruit. Isn't that us? So you have to prune those branches, and the vine dresser doesn't do it to kill the branch. He doesn't do it to cause pain to the branch. He doesn't do it vindictively. He's not ripping out, you stupid, vile, cut it right. He doesn't do that. He lovingly does this because he wants it to bear more fruit. And that's what God does with his believers today. He lovingly takes away things that can hinder our fruit bearing. And the shears hurt. And they initially cause pain. But eventually... It causes refocus, and it causes blessing for us. So that's the first text. The second text is Mark 6, verses 35 to 44. Mark 6. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, he being Jesus, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves. And he gave them to the disciples to set before the people and he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Plus women and children. So in, in, let me set this up for you guys. So, so this is obviously feeding the 5,000, right? But before this, if you read in that chapter prior to this, Jesus sent out the disciples to do their first kind of missionary journey. And they came back to him exhausted and hungry. If you guys have your Bibles open, it's not going to be up here, and that's fine. Um, This is in verses 30 and 31. In 30 and 31, it says, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both what they had done and what they had taught while they were on their mission. And Jesus said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while, for there are many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They were exhausted and they were hungry. But Jesus had another lesson for them. Because we can do a whole lot in our own strength for Jesus. We can do a whole lot with our talents and stuff. But Jesus wanted to teach them something else. So in verse 41, it says, he took the five loaves and the two fish looked up to heaven, said a blessing, and broke the loaves. Jesus takes the food. He blesses the food. He breaks the food. <clears throat> then he gives it back to the disciples to feed the five thousand. He didn't multiply it. It doesn't say anything that he multiplied the food. But isn't that the way we've all I've heard this story a hundred times from little kid all the way up to adulthood. And it was like, oh, Jesus multiplied the bread, what an ama- amazing, you know, miracle that was. And it was. But he didn't multiply the food in the way we think, he broke it. And in the breaking, he multiplied it. And in the breaking is how he fulfilled feeding all those people. I got a quote from Jim Branch on this verse. <clears throat> and I'm going to read this, uh, so I'm going to focus down here. I don't want to mess this up. This, was, this blew my mind. Jim Brand says this about this verse. In Jesus' economy, we cannot be multiplied enough to be given. We can only be broken enough to be given. It is in the breaking that the abundance comes. It is in the breaking that the multiplying occurs, just as it will be for each of us. If we really want to have something of depth and substance to give to those people around us, it will usually involve some sort of breaking. In the brokenness, it has stopped being about us and our ability to multiply ourselves, and it has begun being about God and His ability to multiply our little loaves and little fishes with His strong, tender hands. Isn't that awesome? I never thought about it that way before. We, you and I, are the loaves and fishes for God today. God blesses us in our abilities. He blesses us in the fruits of the Spirit and finances and opportunities and all these things, and we can do amazing things. However, if you talk with a mature Christian, they will tell you that it's not in the good times that they did great things. It was in their brokenness. They grew deeper and closer to God when they were broken. That brokenness was the catalyst, and it became abundance for them and for their ministry. So let me give you a personal example. When I was 40, I had a complete mental, chemical, emotional breakdown. I was a mess for about a year. And I had many of my Christian friends come to me, my mentors. I remember Gordon Slippy came over to my house and sat with me like 10 o'clock at night. I was just bawling my eyes out. And they all told me the same thing because I'm like, I don't know why this is happening to me. What did I do? What, I mean, I love God. I, I'm a good dad. I'm, I'm working hard, you know. And they all said to me, you're right where God needs you to be. And it will be used for good if you trust him. And they were right. I grew so much spiritually through that experience, even though it was extremely painful. Too many things changed in my life to get into. Now we don't have time. Jerry said I have 25 minutes, not 45 minutes. Uh, But they were all good. I wouldn't have chosen that path. Wouldn't have chosen that path. Not to achieve the blessings myself, but they were good. God knew exactly what he was doing. In the pruning and the breaking. It's the only way that I could have achieved the abundance that God had in store for me to give to people. Today, I'm walking through a really painful valley, and it's really deep, and it sucks. And I don't see an end in sight. It's brutal. But I've also seen my faith grow. And I've seen it multiply. And I've seen changes in me I never thought I would see. And I'm clinging to the Lord like I've never clung to him before. And he's using me like he never has before. Isn't that a good thing? Even in that pain and suffering that I'm going through, isn't that a blessing? I still pray for resolution. I still pray that that there would be restoration. But God's using this heartache for His kingdom. So, are you guys walking through a valley right now? Are you guys feeling broken right now? Are you questioning if God's even real? I mean, does God even care that I feel this way? Are you wondering, how did I get here? If you're not a born-again Christian, Come to Jesus. Come to his loving embrace. He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to save you and to love you. And if you are a born-again Christian, stay in his tender hands. He's going to prune you gently, but he does out of love, just like he does the vine branches. He's going to break you gently in order to multiply you and bless you and be a blessing to others through you, just like he did with the loaves and fishes. How did I get here? Jesus knows why. And Jesus knows how you will be blessed in this situation. But you have to trust him. Amen.